powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. They can all be bangers, folks, and that one was decidedly not one. It wasn't the same feeling and the same vibes as game one of the season, but we knew this was coming. We knew when we looked at the lineup and the defense that uh, there were going to be games where scoring was a struggle, and let's face it, despite the fact that they got a couple of breaks, the Detroit Red Wings very much deserve that game, and Jake Allen is the only reason that it was close. We're going to talk... Hold on, Mark. You're not on yet. I haven't even introduced you. So I can hear Mark in my ear, but you can't hear him yet. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Jake Allen and how he's the story of the game. Some good things about the game. That's how we're going to start out. Then we're going to talk about some things that uh, weren't so good. Some things that the Canadians need to work on, including their power play and maybe uh, getting Chris Weidman some help making plays with the puck. And then we're going to close things out because we have uh, Hattie Kalakesh. Here to talk about some prospects. We're going to talk about the future, who's looking good so far to him, both on the Canadians and on their minor league affiliates and in the junior leagues. Of course, Owen Beck. He's we got to talk about Owen Beck. Every episode of Game Over this season, we're going to talk about Owen Beck. But before we get into Owen Beck, we got to ask you, do you want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Football's back, baseball playoffs, and the hockey season's underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And if you or one of your loved ones has an addiction to gambling, there are resources to help yourself or your loved one in the description of this YouTube video and every YouTube video or podcast on the Game Over Network or the SDPN Network. So I'm going to introduce my guests now. I have two wonderful people with me. It's the co-host for this season and Hadi Kalakashi. Mark Dumas is here. It's going to be a great show. How are you guys doing? It's true. Once you start, you can't shut up. Oh, okay. Hold on. You're... Your audio is not working, guys. I'm going to fix that. One moment. See, I was so worried about Mark talking too much that I had him <laughs> muted. So let's start over. Hadi <laughs> and Mark, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? I'm doing really well. Um, you can't get rid of me that easy, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously <laughs> the best game the Habs have ever played ever in the history of, of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, other than that, though, I was mainly watching the two other guys. Um, uh, I was toggling between Owen Beck and Joshua Roy uh, throughout uh, the game, so I didn't miss a beat there. Um, I did miss the first goal of Owen Beck because I was watching on, uh, on Joshua Roy's stream, but other than that, I mean... It's a good time to be scouting. The Habs have a lot of prospects in junior, and uh, the 2023 draft is setting up to be extremely interesting. So, um, yeah, I was just having a fun time just scouting, doing my thing, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, scouting is uh, a way to watch the, the game that I don't think people are as familiar with. Actually, before we get into Jake Allen, just... Hadi, can you just give like it before we're going to tease it a little bit now. We'll talk about the Canadians future and prospects in the third segment here. But just how much different is watching the game from a scouting perspective than just enjoying the game? Uh, well, you really have to focus on specifics. Uh, I tend to pause a lot, uh, jot down some notes, all that. But I'll focus on a player's skates, how they're... Um, 
how they're using their edge work in order to get around is their output as good as their input is their their you know you really have to focus and hone in on the specifics and what that does is it takes you out of the um the excitement and the um, and the sort of flash of the game you, you stop sort of wowing at everything and sort of start really you know breaking down the game in its intricate components so the difference mainly is is just my approach because when i'm watching as a fan i'm not you know, my brain tends to automatically go to those directions where I'm like, oh, Cole Caulfield incorporated this new edge work uh, into his game. And I'll think about it, but I won't necessarily focus on it the whole time. I'm just enjoying the game. Right. Um, so that's the main difference for me is just the approach as a fan versus a scout uh, and, you know, the way it shapes how I go about the game itself. There's a lot more to focus on when you're scouting. Excellent. All right. So. Let's all push it to you, Mark. Uh, Jake Allen tied a Montreal Canadiens record in the first period that he set last season, 25 saves in a single period. Jeez. Can you put into words what Jake Allen was able to do in this game? Um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of something. It's called a Czech hedgehog. And what it does is it stops tanks from rolling. And the, the issue right now, there's these, there are these big metal spikes, okay? And they stop tanks. And right now, Jake Allen might be that big metal spike stopping the Canadian's tank. Um, before we really get going, I just want to say hi to everyone in the chat because I missed a lot of these people over the summer. I, I, I love interacting with Habs fans. And I'm seeing people that were in all our Twitch streams before. And that's really cool. So uh, that being said, I think we know, me and you, Andrew, spoke about this. Like, the one big issue for the Canadians today, uh, this year, getting Bedard is obviously Jake Allen. Like, he's essentially the only guy on the back end, other than Mike Matheson, that that has contributed in a positive manner to their team in the last couple of years, right? So, um, but that being said, he's got the same curse as Carey Price. He doesn't score enough goals. That's Jake <laughs> Allen's real, like, downfall, is that he can't score goals. So, um, and, and obviously, when there's nine uh, foot twelve giants with amazing hockey skills like Soderblom, they're going to end up scoring. So, I think Jeez. Jake Allen did great there, but he's going to keep the games competitive. And, and he kept the Habs in it long enough for them to make it fun, right? And they're, they're going to have a lot of false starts. I think what we saw under Sham was not all his coaching like the skill isn't there so jake allen will keep him in it he'll allow his uh young players to maybe take a breather and uh you know actually be competitive but um yeah he's in for a as i put it in my season preview an alamo like defense for holding down the fort here he's surrounded and it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for jake allen uh but hey he signed up for this so you know the um as Jacques plant said there's uh there's not there's not a worse position in hockey than goalie because when you get scored on twenty thousand people cheer and a light goes on and everybody looks at you that's what Jake Allen's gonna be doing a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, but uh, he's he's used to it. He already went through this last year, right? And at least like I think there's some people who are definitely gonna get frustrated at times with Jake Allen performing like this because they want to see the tank and everything and like Kent Hughes or maybe, but. Game two, I feel like this is still fun, right? Like this game could have been really not fun the way it went, went in the first period. And it, it stayed mm -hmm. close the entire game. The Canadians didn't really accomplish much until the third period, I thought. But overall, like having the ability to keep games close brings some entertainment value, even though we know this team is not going to be very good. And that has value for the fans and the team to not get to the point where they were last year, where... You know, you had a stretch where every game was like seven to one or seven to nothing, and there's nothing really to talk about, as I know intimately. 
but I, I think Jake <laughs> Allen at the very least can show some leadership and, and solve some of the issues that can be caused by a young defense, right? Because not only do you want them to learn on the job, you also want them to not lose their confidence when they mess up because exactly. Mark and St. Yep. Louis wants them to mess up, right? He wants them yep. to learn and make tough plays. <clears throat> Sorry, but uh, having Jake Allen back there is going to help. Now, I'm no, guessing Hassan Sam Montembeau cool, is playing tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's definitely playing story. tomorrow. But I, I want to say something here, Andrew. Habs fans seem to be cool with the losses, like, so oh, far. Agreed. Like, I'm looking in the chat. Even Thomas is saying he'll settle for four wins this year. I think that would be ideal. But how long will that last? How long will that that honeymoon last for, for the Canadians and the rebuild? I, I don't, like, I'm already starting to see them a little more aggressive on Twitter, and I get it. But uh, like today, like you said, there are positives. And Caden Gooley, in my opinion, he's a 10-year oh. veteran out there. Mind, he's, he's a rookie uh, that... that is easily in the top two on that defensive core right now. Now, that's not saying a lot, mm. but uh, his intelligence, his gap control, his skating, his active stick, shout out to Laura Saba. Um, he, you know, he's just a complete defenseman 27 minutes into his NHL career. Like, I might be overhyping him, but man, what a gift to the defense. Caden Gooley being there, he's, he's, he's just such a complete player. And it's not just that he's well-rounded. He's great at almost everything. So, you know, 30 minutes into his NHL career, I, I know we're excited about Caulfield and, and Slavkovsky, but Gooley, man, is showing he's got the medal. He's got what it takes to stick in the NHL. Yeah, and the thing with Gooley was, uh, for the longest time, what I was worried about was the reason he was so good at rush defense is because he was creating a lot of rushes against. He was dumping pucks up the boards, um, putting the puck back in the possession of the other team, and that created a lot of, of uh, rushes his way. So we got a lot of reps, and that's how we got good, right? But as he developed in the WHL, especially after his move to Edmonton, you saw a huge shift in the way uh, in the way Gooley approached the game. He started activating a lot more in the offensive zone. He started leading the rush, jumping into the rush as a fourth forward. Um, his game sort of developed around the the fundamentals that he had developed using his former weaknesses that have now become strengths. That's how he got so well-rounded. Um, he went from a guy that really sort of dumped a lot of pucks to a guy who managed the puck extremely well and did a really good job handling it in, in pressure situation. His, his threshold for pressure uh, and panic um, sort of raised a lot as well. So all that helped a whole lot in terms of developing his game. And we're seeing a guy who uh, um, in camp, in development camp, he said, I want to work on my offense. And it wasn't that he's bad offensively, but he knew that you have to produce a certain amount in the NHL to be, mm -hmm. to, you know, to, to earn that ice time. And I think we've seen that, but it's not just him going all out to get that offense, smart decision-making, like yeah. really smart decision-making. And, and that will serve him well uh, going into it. Some I'm already, I'm already getting criticized for calling a complete player after two games, but I want to say I was calling him a complete player before training camp even started so <laughs> yeah I, i've been i've been shoveling coal into the hype train for a long time when it comes to kaden gooley oh no trust me i got some flack as well um on habs eyes on the prize because near the end of the season i just straight up said this is an nhl defender and he was still playing with edmonton i mean you could yeah. see the the outline of an nhl player a proper bona fide top four defensive defenseman yeah um and he's got that transition ability that he's added i mean he's just added a bunch of facets to his game he sort of piled them on top of of what he already had and it's just worked out great for him well yeah, as long as he doesn't tell have to face any six foot eight monsters i think he'll be <laughs> okay going it'll be okay going forward because that was that was a lot yeah. to handle for the Habs tonight soderblom should not like a, a six foot guy should not have hands like that it's just no. should be illegal honestly shouldn't be able like, to I, skate like that he should be gangly like where where <laughs> do the tyler myers's of the world go right how did this guy exist 
Nice. This doesn't make any sense. This is like you put in a cheat code on an NHL game and you get a giant drop down onto the ice or something. Like, it, it makes no sense. He looks not real. It yeah, looks like something was edited into there or like they've zoomed in or something. He is a beast. But I will say. Who is the small guy on that line? That's six foot three. Imagine being six foot three and being the shortest guy on your line. Like that's yeah. insane. That's that's absolutely crazy. That third that's... line was something else, man. And that first shift, like I know we're supposed to be talking about the Habs here, but man, that first shift was almost like Miro Miro Heiskin and and how dominant he was on yep. that first shift, man. So I have a bias against big guys because I've always said like over six four, you're not gonna be good in the NHL unless you're like Lemieux, Lindros, or there's what there's like five guys in the history of the NHL that have been good over six four. I think that maybe we can start throwing that out the window now because. If you're making the NHL at that height, it's because you have skill too. It's not just because you're a you're a big boy. Yeah, but kudos to the development team in Detroit. I mean, Soderblom was not big. Six, I think. Uh, either way, um, they worked like hell on him. I remember watching him in in his draft year and thinking like, there's there's the outline of a good player, but there's a lot to work on. And then Detroit just did Detroit things with their Swedish players and just turned him <laughs> into an absolute beast and monster of a human being. Um, I did not expect Soderblom to become this good this quick. I thought he would need until maybe 23, 24 years old before he actually did something potent in the show. Uh, but here he is, and he's amazing, and he's scary and terrifying, and I want him nowhere near the Habs ever again. So that, that's... <laughs> Even Arbor Jackai, who's like probably like pound for pound one of the strongest guys. I know he's not. He couldn't move him. No, he like he was struggling. Well, did you see Brendan Gallagher try to take a run at him at the third period there? And no chance. Soderblom didn't move. Gallagher just bounced off like a tennis ball off a wall and just like kept skating the other way. Okay, I tried. It was worth a shot. Not gonna happen. Oh, like yeah. kudos to Galley. Only Galley would take that shot as a five nine forward. Like that's that's the only five nine player I'd see like actually try to take a run at. Elmer Soderblom, 6'8", 200-something pounds. I mean, I thought Uri Slavkovsky was a really good puck protector. Elmer Soderblom is a tremendous puck protector. This is not a Soderblom chat entirely. That's what we're Yeah, do that's what we're headed. All right, we're going back. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about the Montreal Canadiens here, but I, I should say there's some people in the chat who I think are a little bit confused by Mark's comment about the 6'4 and over. He was talking about specifically forwards. There are definitely some yeah. defensemen who are six forwards. Yeah, yeah, that have yeah, yeah. like obviously Zdeno Chara is going to the Hall of Fame, yeah. but forwards for whatever reason for a very long time, if you were over six four, it was very rare that you were a good player. It was like a yeah. big deal when like Martin Hansall looked like he was going to be good for a while. Six four, yeah, yeah. I can answer that. Just wrecked his yeah. career. Yeah, like, and, and someone mentioned Stage Thompson too. Shade by Sheridan. Yeah, he's the chat. he, man, too, he took a new, step right? last year. Yes, he yeah. took yeah, a yeah, step. Yeah, yeah. But, let's, but it used let's to be just off... like a curse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get, let's off, get off the other team's players for a bit. We'll talk <laughs> about the Montreal Canadiens. But first, I got to tell everyone in this chat, if you're here enjoying this show, please drop a like on the YouTube video because it helps us grow. If you like it, tell your fr- Habs fans friends about it because, you know, we're doing great here, but we could do even better. We can take it to the next step. If you're going to the game, even you can bring your AirPods with you on your way down the stairs in the Bell Center, flip the phone out turn on YouTube. You can watch this show anytime. It's amazing. Anywhere you are, as long as you got a little bit of a signal, you can watch us and it'll be fun. So let's get into some of the things that don't look that great right now. And I, I feel like I have to preface this with, I don't think that it's really appropriate to be ne- like, sp- like very negative about anything because we know what the season was supposed to be. I think even though they were drastically outplayed by the Red Wings, they held it together and didn't totally collapse 
without guys like Matheson and Edmondson in the lineup, right? Like how negative can you be about what they're dealing with already? But Mm -hmm. I got to say one thing that is a little bit sticking in my brain is this is now going into the part of three seasons with Alex Burroughs in charge of the power play. And I'm just not seeing it on the power play. I, I, I don't see organization. I don't see set plays that make a lot of sense. And I, I got a, a mention or no, a direct message during the game saying like, imagine if Andre Markov was able to feed Cole Caulfield. Like oh my prime goodness. Andre Markov. Did we lose Mark? By the we way? did lose Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, but I, I can go on about this. Um, the Habs issue, once they're in the offensive zone, it's actually a very versatile and very, very like multifaceted power play. But it's the setting up part that's extremely difficult. And the main reason for that, I think, is the double drop. It's got to go. Yeah. Um, it's not working. It's it's too linear. It's too straightforward and readable. Honestly, the moment they got rid of it, the power play started getting set up. The moment they started using Kirby Ock and, and Nick Suzuki as, as single drop forwards in order to carry the puck up the offensive zone, use their deceptiveness, their skating, their, their, their stick handling in order to gain the zone and make a pass, it immediately started working out. It's just when they do that double drop thing, it always ends up with a loose puck behind the opposing uh, goal line. And all you can do with that is just battle for the puck and hope for the best. And that creates 50-50 scenarios. And at all costs... On the power play, you want to avoid 50-50 scenarios. You want to maximize possession, right? Yeah, 100%. So that's the one thing that I think really, really has to go in order to really maximize the, the Habs power play. Um, and when it did go away, it worked. So, I mean, I don't know what they're waiting on. Yeah, I mean, I think the the most pressure that they had on the power play was when they when Monaghan won like four straight faceoffs, right? And they yeah, were able to no, dominate, exactly. like get some zone time there. But I wonder how much of that double drop and always bringing it back to Suzuki comes from like, it's a a vestige of the last year and a bit where Suzuki was the only one who could gain the line. Right. I feel like they have enough skill now that they should try to vary that up significantly to try to gain the zone. Cause it just doesn't make sense to always put it on him. And also, Oh yeah. I don't know what you Hattie, but I thought that uh, Suzuki still looks like he's bugged by the injury that he suffered in preseason. A lot of fanning on pucks, a lot of like, he'll, like uh, stick handle and lose the puck. And I wonder if that like his shoulder is just bugging him a little bit. It might be. I felt like there was something there. I just couldn't really sort of pinpoint it, but Suzuki seemed off the whole game. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting things to improve for him. It might just be also just the fact that, you know, it's the early season uh, rust and all that, but honestly, like a high Mark, hi, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, is he back in? Okay. We'll switch yeah. to uh, two guests there. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> Perfect. So we're, Mark so just wanted good. to be on the right side of the screen. That's all. Oh, that, that's what it was. 100%. It's classic NDG internet. There's the <laughs> hamster that runs our internet. He's yeah. like overworked. So we had to give him a break. Sorry. God, you're lucky. You've got a hamster. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old, old Gus. He's, <laughs> he's having a hard time out there, but you know, he does good. Mine's so we were like talking about the power play, Mark, and uh, what could, uh, could need to improve. And we're talking about zone entries and all that, but uh, we'll, we'll probably move on to something else. So you don't have to rehash anything. Uh, what else stuck out to you guys are things that like drastically need to improve? I mean, I don't know if you guys touched upon controlled exits, but, uh, you know, just puck retrieval, I think right now is a bit of a struggle for the Canadians. You have some guys off on their offside and uh, not fantastic. But I did like what I saw from uh, Jonathan Kovacet. Kovacevic. 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 He, yeah, I, I thought like, he was really, really good tonight. 
I thought he was, and you know what? I thought it was really good in the first game as well, especially for controlled exits and controlled entries. So um, I don't know why Winnipeg put him on waivers. I, I like when I spoke to Jazz fans, they're saying it, it was stupid. It was just terrible. You know why? Development. Why? They wanted to keep Logan Stanley because they would have well, to course, expose Logan Stanley. Because he's they, huge. Yeah. Huge. He's, but I, I really like what I saw from him and I can check the numbers, but I mean, last game he led all Habs uh, defensemen, I believe in possession and expected goals. Um, and again, this time as well. So if everyone can take from him, you know, he's the third most experienced defenseman with 25 or six NHL games. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, follow the, follow the leader in this case, but yeah. I, I do like what I'm seeing from him. And if I look now, uh, yeah, he's leading the Canadians defense in every crucial statistical category and mm-hmm. uh, 65% expected goals. So, you know, him and, and Kirby bad. Doc and Monaghan, the two new newcomers, I think have done really good. And Monaghan and, and Doc, Right now, 69% expected goals. That's pretty nice. That's really nice, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. Do- uh, Monaghan doesn't look like he missed a full season, does he? Like- did you guys expect him to come in and, and skate as well as he did? Yeah, like, no. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I thought we were getting a rust bucket. Like, you know when you get paid a first-round pick to take someone, it's like, okay, like, it's going to be a rough year. It's fine. But I think Monaghan might end up uh, being trade line value, uh, trade deadline value for the yeah. uh, Canadians. 100%. And he, he's... He's been one of the main play drivers on his line, which I didn't expect. I expected Doc to do a lot of the heavy lifting on that and have Monahan yeah. sort of be the 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 retriever at times or, or the net screen, uh, the net front screen, that kind of thing. But Monahan's been driving a lot of offense, creating a lot of turnovers, using his pace, using his intelligence to to cut into players at the right times, cut off their hands, uh, get to the puck, protect it, delay, find an option. Like he he's got a lot of levels to his game that I really like. So I'm really really impressed from what I've seen. Yeah, I know we were supposed to be talking about the bad stuff, and I, I feel like the one other thing that stuck out to me was, like, I feel like Chris Wyman's just fighting it, and I, yeah. I don't want to trash him because I feel like he's a really good guy and he actually really is. He's an amazing dude. guy. He's an amazing guy, honestly, and like, yeah, and handsome, very handsome man too. But yeah, he's he's struggling. <laughs> it's like, a lot to ask for Chris Wyman to be your number one power play quarterback. This is just to me. I was laughing last or not last night, but the other night at the Bell Center, Mike Hoffman was playing the point on the second power play unit. He was their power play quarterback. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it goes to show right now, obviously, what the Canadians are missing. And that's a, a Markov or four Markovs on the uh, on the blue line. Right. Yeah. Just, and it makes sense. Right. Like they we all knew that coming into this season that the defense was going to be an issue. I like what I kind of tried to drive home last show was at the very least, this defense has potential. Like mm-hmm. they have some guys who can move the puck, and like uh, Jack Eye is way better than I thought he was gonna be. Yep. he's so much better than I, he has his flaws. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. way way better hockey player than I thought he was gonna be. So that's really yeah. fun. I think Jordan Harris has been spectacular these first. Two I was gonna say, why the hell is Jordan Harris not at least spending thirty seconds of power play? Yes. On the, at, at the point, like he he has four years of experience m- running a power play in Northeastern. If there's anyone who deserves a shot, uh, like, why are you playing Mike Hoffman at the point and not Jordan Harris is my question. Well, well Jordan Harris, now that Caden Gooley missed some time, he missed half a period. Jordan Harris is one of the veterans on the team on that blue line. So he's got to play. The, he's got to play. Legitimately. Skills, right. Yeah. I mean, he no, has like the Iron Man that. streak. Gooley missed three shifts and then Harris passed him an experience. Hey, I want to give a shout out to uh, some people in the chat because I'm seeing a lot of people yeah. from old Twitch streams. Uh, uh, Roy is here. Shuey is here. Sarah is here. Uh, Claire is here, who's always here. Ian's here as well. So um, Sarah knows me, obviously, because she said I was distracted by mangoes. So she knows me <laughs> very follows. well. And, and Claire is obviously from NDG, too, because she says when a squirrel farts on wires, we lose power. And that is <laughs> that is a fact. 
That is a fact. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know we're we're supposed to be talking about like uh, the negatives, but I do want to shout out one other thing that I've noticed over these first two games compared to preseason. I think Slavkovsky is coming a long way with his awareness without the puck and his like uh, anticipation of where the puck's going. He's not quite yeah. there yet, but I feel like him and Gallagher had some stuff going tonight. And there's a few comments here uh, kind of reiterating what I said on Twitter. They're like, at no point last year could Gallagher skate like he skated in these oh, first no, two games. Oh, no, not at all. Like, that is a different player. And I know he hasn't, like, hit the mesh yet. He's going to. Yeah. He's getting good oh, yeah. chances. And he came to camp. Although also shout out to Charlotte, who's a great baker, by the way, and she's going to she's going to to university in Toronto now, if I remember correctly. Really nice person. Okay, Gallagher came to camp with a, like a man that that, as Ian Boavaya points out in the in the chat, like 2014 Gallagher, and it's the first time in in teenth years that he's fully healthy, and and it shows, right? So mm-hmm. that's why I'm expecting big things from him. Although, and let's be honest, he was very unlucky last year, even though he wasn't yep. at full health. There there was like the guy. You know, black cats were crossing roads, and he was going under under ladders. Like it was Friday the thirteenth every day yeah. for him. So uh, him and Caulfield to start the year were really snake bitten. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what Gallagher can do. And you know what? He has so much pride. Like he almost felt embarrassed that he struggled that year. So um, you know, he knows that he's on. He even mentioned that he's on the wrong side of thirty. So mm-hmm. he knows that uh, his runway isn't that long. So he's excited to get back into it. So I'm I, I like what I see from him. You know, he's back into that mood where he's gonna literally Kool Aid his way did you guys see that in the first game where he smashed into the boards like kool-aid man style to get a chance there like that yeah. gallagher is back in action it was pretty fun to see yeah uh quick anecdote uh the other day i was just scrolling on twitter and i stumbled upon this video from uh jose Mourinho, um speaking about the difference between captains and leaders um gallagher is a leader um no matter who's the captain no matter who's actually got the c or the armband arm or whatever brendan gallagher the heartbeat of the team goes through him. He's like the major artery of this team. So just to see him back at the at what I think he's capable of doing in the top of his game when he's not ill, when he's not injured, yeah, it's really, really good to see. And it's it's something that could um just sort of dictate the direction the Habs were taking in terms of a team. Because there was a lot of talk about trading him last year. A lot of fans were just saying, you know, uh, trade him now he's only going to get worse etc i mean he i think he was maybe he had 12 or 13 goals below expected yeah he was leading uh, the league in in the difference in expected goals and actual goals i mean this exactly. is a, this is a guy who the previous i think 3 or 4 years before last year only austin matthews had scored even strength goals at a higher rate i, I in the believe whole league. technically what was the name of the guy that was scoring a ton for um um uh for um nashville for a while arvidson for a while was victor arvidson had his streak yeah for g60 but yeah no he's he's i mean if you look in the last four years there's austin matthews Connor mcdavid just raw goals and then if you go g60 gallagher flips way over them and austin matthews you know is ahead of him so i guess i guess that's why austin matthews makes a little bit more money but uh <laughs> you know i think what and going back to what hadi said about the leader you know for me a leader is a leader commands respect he doesn't demand or, or they don't demand respect right and i think in, in gallagher's case he commands the respect from his teammates you don't need that letter and, mm-hmm. and it, in my mind it was always going to be suzuki because you know yeah. you committed to him for eight years he's your foundation right um and gallagher listen let's be perfectly honest he, he hasn't exactly taken great care of his body he sacrificed it for the team so we know yeah. that won't last forever so i think uh um 
you know, just seeing him back in shape is just inspiring to, you know, he doesn't need that letter to inspire. He's, he's going to make these guys skate harder. 100%. If you see Gallagher going out there, giving his all, why can't you? Like you have no choice, right? That's, that's kind of how it works. Exactly. Yeah. I just looked it up quick. Uh, Austin Matthews from 2018 to 2021, 1.6 goals per 60 at five on five. Brennan Gallagher right behind him. 1.48. Then another player in this game, Jacob Vrana. 1.7. Yeah, uh, heck of a streak too, yeah. Yep. Then Ovi. So Gallagher, man, he put in work more than Pasternak, like a lot more than Pasternak, actually. Like he's done some amazing stuff in his career. People don't so realize. Crosby for Gallagher, one for one. It's I mean, it's fair. It makes yeah, sense, right? Yeah, 100%. The power well, no, play is I mean, the, held him back, right? He's never Penguins been a good will power have to play add some, Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and last year he scored one even strength goal, one empty or no, one shorthanded goal or empty net and seven power play. It was the first time in his career that he outscored himself on the power play, which is just yeah. ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 100%. All but, right. Um, one the last... They'll need guys like him to start playing well, though, if they're going to start scoring goals. So they're getting close. They're like René booking it. For those that remember, they're getting almost. <laughs> God, almost don't remind me. Do not remind me. Oh, my goodness. That name just brought back PTSD for me. Holy crap. <laughs> That was, exactly. not, that was not fun. I was I was gonna bring up the uh, ridiculous dive from Mr. Larkin there. You saw on, it too, right? David Suzuki. Oh my god! The fact that he engaged the pick and then dove. You like know what? That, I gotta give him credit. That was pretty. Like he, he knew what he great was doing and he pulled it off. Like, 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 but the ref who called that should be so embarrassed. Like, now, it was I'll so tell obvious. you this: these refs, when they go back, and I've spoken to them before, and they they'll get him. Like, like you know how they say we don't want to be part of the game? Yes, they do. They absolutely do. And they got embarrassed there, and they're gonna they're gonna take it out on him later down the road. That's just how referees work. They don't like getting embarrassed on the ice. So, like Gallagher, a couple times in his career, don't forget at the beginning, maybe a tiny little bit of you know falling early, and he paid for that dearly. Uh, so. I just want to like, and again, if I'm lurking, if I'm his teammate, I say good job. Like you did good there, but refs do not forget that stuff. No, they don't. All right. We're, we're done with the bad. We're going to move on to some prospects in a second here. We're going to time to shine. Yes. Hand <laughs> the mic over to hottie because there's some amazing stuff going on with the Montreal Canadians in regards to prospects. Uh, William mm-hmm. Trudeau just signed an ELC. There's all sorts of stuff to talk about. So without further ado, hottie, what do we need to pay attention to right now? And why is it Owen Beck? <laughs> so he just scored two goals, including the uh, the overtime winning goal um, to win the game five four. In well, th- that's his first two points of the season, right? Um, he you're right, <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, but here's what's amazing with Owen Beck is this is a player whose mind dictates his game. I mean, he understands and thinks the game at a level that that outpaces everyone. And if you looked at his point totals. Like to me, last year that the debate between who's better between Luca Del Belbaluz and Owen Beck, who were on the same team uh, in the same draft year, it was sort of a litmus test to me to see the 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 scouts I trust versus the ones that I'm like, you know, kind of a red flag because Del Belbaluz has a lot of issues that are hidden behind that huge point total, and it's because he was stacked on a on a top line, uh, top power play minutes. And Owen Beck was placed in a in a shutdown role. But if you look at them both in isolation, Owen Beck's a better skater. Uh, Double Blues is definitely a better shooter. That, that I can't deny. But if you look at his game and the way that he approaches it, the way that he moves off the puck, the way that um, he tries to locate and find it and, and, and connect with his teammates, Owen Beck is just far superior to, to him in terms of IQ. And I'm a big smarts guy. 
Um, the main thing that drives my scouting is hockey sense. And it's a very difficult mm-hmm. thing to pinpoint because it's so vast. You can look at reads, you can look at uh, pre-scanning, post-scanning, um, area passes. There's so many different areas to hockey sense, but Owen Beck sort of nails every single one. So he just rose and rose and rose in my rankings. He ended up in my in in my sort of 20, late 20s, early 30s range. Um, but that was only because I was very high on a lot of other players. Like Lane Hudson was in my in in my uh, early 20s. Um, players like that. So, you know, noted Habs prospect, Lane Hudson, who's also doing great. Yeah. Uh, three yeah. points in his first game in the NCAA with uh, Boston University. He actually did the impossible task of making Luke Tuck look good. So that was really good <laughs> for him. Um, and yeah, no. Oh, you know, I will say one thing real quick is when I was in Buffalo, um, uh, I'm going to start name dropping. For those that don't know me, I name drop like constantly. It's just what I love doing. And I was I was sitting having a, a beer with our good friend that works for uh, Buffalo, uh, Matthew uh, Barlow. And I was mentioning I was mentioning just some picks that the Canadians were happy with, because obviously I worked with a team at the time. And um, when I, as soon as I said Owen Beck, the Senators table, uh, the, the the Sabres table and like three other tables like perked up and the scouts looked at each other and were like, you know, like angry. <laughs> and the same thing, Lane Hudson, a few minutes later, ears perked up. So I know for a fact, teams were really gambling with those two. Mm-hmm. And the Habs were too, actually, at that point. But um, there was some internal struggle for the Canadians to decide on Beck, whether they want to go for Beck or not. It wasn't a slam dunk, believe it or not. Yeah. But uh, I think they're happy with their decisions now. And honestly, like the Habs, that, that value in the second round, wow. That's, that was on that was better than their first round, in my opinion, by far. Like, like I'm not gonna lie. Um, I would have gone for Jagger Fergus. Jagger Fergus went right after, and he to me, I mean, near the end of the draft, I started debating whether he or Matt Savoy were better in terms of WHL forwards. I was that high on him. I I believe that really? much in this game. Yeah. Uh, but Owen Beck is pretty much the smartest, most safe pick you can make in that range. He's a guaranteed middle six forward to me. That's what I see in Owen Beck, a player who's He's so goal- cerebral. He's so it, cerebral. It, players, it's, 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 it's anticipation. Yeah, it's players, like, players that smart don't miss. Y- you can you can be the poorest skater, a terrible shooter. If you've got the brain, you'll find a way to work around it. That's the thing is I look for adaptive skill and you need IQ to be able to have adaptive skill. You look at Xavier yeah. Simono, for example, five six. He's built like a tree stump. Um, he. He's found the specifics that work for him against you can be 6'4, 200 pounds. You're not moving him. You're not getting the puck mm-hmm. off him. That's And also, Simano t- today, he was driving the Senators crazy, Belleville Senators crazy. So, if anyone's in Laval gets a chance, go watch Anthony Richard and Raphael Hervipinard and Xavier Simano drive their opponents crazy. They're it's so be, fun. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. They're absolutely. So fun. And on top of that, he's one of the best playmakers I've seen in the queue, uh, Simono. So, like, I, I'm really high on Simono's game. Um, so yeah, I look for adaptive skill. Owen Beck has adaptive skill. He's a tremendous skater. He doesn't just skate well in terms of his mechanics, of his technique. He actually uses his skating in the most efficient, most useful way. He cuts to the yeah. middle often. He 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 knows where opponents' hands are and cuts across them in order to to get them off balance. He he mm-hmm. checks even which you know which foot the player his opponent has his weight on in order to cut the opposite side. There's so many specifics in his game that i absolutely love and that i've grown to love even more since the preseason i mean he blew me away i knew it was good but this good and this nhl ready already was was something else yeah he was so and good in preseason part- that people were speculating he might actually make the team and and like exactly. force something to happen which to me, probably to- for the best he didn't but that's another story 
I mean, he, he should probably be in Laval right now if we're being perfectly honest. Like his yeah, skill if, set, if in my opinion. He could, yeah. Like, like now, now you look at his points totals in the OHL, and okay, you want to get him to like 80, which I think he'll easily hit, but his <laughs> skill set and his cerebral approach to hockey is already at a professional level, let's be perfectly honest. Now, I'm not saying this guy's going to destroy the NHL or anything, but his skills can translate. They absolutely will translate mm -hmm. to the NHL. So, uh, you know, it's funny. The Canadians offered him. The, I was just speaking to his agent. That, boom, name drop. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, after I spoke to Owen himself, I spoke to the agent, and uh, they offered him a contract after his first preseason game. Yep. So that's when they decided, okay, like they came and they came right down right after the game. And he was with his parents at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's when they're like, hey, yeah, let's get him signed right now. So the good news is the contract slides, you know, actually, and it doesn't even count towards their 50 limit. And I believe yeah, uh, 18 year old players in the OHL don't even count towards the 50 uh, limit. So, um, you know, this is just gravy for him. And uh, want to know what he bought with his uh, with his bonus? You know, he's sure. such a smart guy and you'd think he'd go crazy. Um, and he was embarrassed to tell me he bought a, uh, a Nissan, uh, an Elantra <laughs> for any, because it had good mileage. It had really good maintenance and it didn't break down very often. It could fit his hockey equipment because uh, he was driving like a 97 Yaris or something. And that was his big purchase. But it just goes to show this kid is smart. At 18, he's making intelligent car. Like I would have bought the car from the Simpsons, you know, like that Homer built because it was cool. But this guy's buying, uh, you know, intelligent cars. Just It just goes to show his approach everywhere. He's cerebral. I feel like Beck is an Elantra. I feel like that's <laughs> genuinely like if 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 Beck was a car, he'd be an Elantra, and that's the most Owen Beck thing I've ever heard. He's he's that kind of guy. He's you know so much. Oh, he got the S package though. He got the the, the nice one. Oh yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it's fully loaded. You know who he reminds me of? It, it's kind of like a deep cut, I guess, at this point for people who are watching this. Probably are a little bit younger than than Mark and I, but Jeff Halpern, just a hmm. guy who's going to come in and have like a twenty year career. And probably yep. be underrated the entire time. Never hit like crazy first line numbers, but like maybe end up playing first line for a stretch in his career on a team that's struggling or something. And yep. finish his career, career as just, like, a fantastic role player that every line that he's on his whole career will be great. And and shout out to Jeff Halpern. He's the one of the first guys to complain about plus minus. He's like, this yes, is a dumb, yes, like, can we, can we change true. it? Can we change right? this? Cause as a, as a defensive guy, he was getting murdered by it and he was losing money contract wise. So Halpern was one of the first guys to do that. Also speaking of prospects that'll probably have like a good long career. I'm thinking William Trudeau who the Canadians just oh, signed. Yeah. Like I was oh, so yeah. impressed by him at camp. He was smart. He was making the right decisions. He looked good with everyone. I can see him having like a Rabida style career where he sticks around for a very long time. And uh, I think obviously the Fairbrother injury in Laval like helped him get his signature. But um, mm -hmm. I think that was a big, pretty big uh, sign of faith from the Canadians uh, to give him that ELC. So loved what I saw from William Trudeau. Mm -hmm. And um, I know he didn't have as much hype, but if he was 21 at the time, I think people would have been saying, hey, he should be in that conversation with the other, uh, the other big boys there on defense. Kudo, in one word, is effective. Um, yeah. Everything he does serves a purpose. Everything he does advances play. Everything he does um, leads to positive things transitionally. He does struggle in his own zone. That I can't deny. But as soon as he's got the puck on a stick, if I were to bet 100 bucks on any of the Habs prospects um, succeeding on a pass out of their zone, it's Jaden Struble. And then... Okay. Uh, mm, <laughs> Kaden, you can sometimes miss, but yeah, it, it's Struble and then Trudeau in that order. Those are the two, and Struble? they're really close. Yeah, Struble is really oh, wow. good transitionally. He's one of the best transition players I've seen in a very long while. 
Um, hey man, and how do we trust there? So that, that <laughs> I literally, I got so much flack for ranking him above Jordan Harris, and I know this will will make your eyebrows <laughs> raise. Um, but if he hits, he hits. He's got potential. <laughs> like he's he's. I love his game. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be hit I, or miss with him, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. A year ago, right now, the thought from most Canadians fans was that they were gonna lose both. <laughs> right because mark bergerman was out there giving interviews about, oh well jordan harris doesn't want to sign here so nothing we can uh, do uh, yeah uh, okay oh man i hate it i'm defending mark bergerman all the time now um <laughs> okay not to defend mark bergerman but jordan harris was going to sign regardless the only reason he wasn't going to sign was actually because of the change because mark bergerman got fired now that being said the canadians will never have an issue signing an ncaa an ncaa guy for the rest of their career as long as ken hughes is there but i will say this about Matt Benjamin. jordan harris was absolutely going to sign he just comes from such a smart family and education is so important and this was the plan all along yeah so um i'll give Benjamin that much credit i'm sorry i feel like <laughs> i feel like i should get slimed or something now <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, we'll, we'll never know that alternate history uh, before we close out because we're, we're going long, as is my issue with this show. We're supposed to be 30 to 35 minutes, but we're over 40 now. I, oh, I want to really? ask uh, from from Hattie, how do you feel about Slavkovsky after two games? Do you think he's going to stick around? Do you think he's progressing fast enough or do you think he is eventually going to go down to the American Hockey League this year? For me, the plan all along was for him to spend a year in the AHL. I'm not sure how good this is for him to play in the NHL and inevitably um, go back down when um, it shows that, you know, he's not scanning enough. Um, he's gravitating towards the puck, crowding the short side. I've mentioned these things multiple times. Crowding the short side especially is a major issue for him. He basically, what he does is he'll gravitate towards a puck and look at it the whole time and it'll make his teammates readjust in terms of their routes. And that creates a bit of havoc, a bit of chaos, and it makes everyone a bit uncomfortable because you're playing on the side that you weren't really, you know, you're thinking, I should have been there, but I'm here now, right? So all these little details compound. And for me, these are things that you can learn in the AHL. I mean, the AHL isn't the right development league for every prospect, but it's going to be the right development league for Slavkovsky because of the the style that's played, because of the speed of execution that's, Mm just a tiny bit slower than the, the, than the NHL, but still at a potent enough level that he's still learning stuff. He's still learning to make quick decisions under pressure, check his shoulders, all that stuff. I say even the more physical game in the AHL will sort of push him to check his shoulders even more and, and be aware of his surroundings. So that's to me is a prognosis, the prognosis for, for Slavkovsky. He absolutely needs to learn to scan a lot more in order to develop his game further. Because yeah. when the play's in front of him, when he sees what's going on, he makes tremendous decisions. He to me, he's he's gonna be a play driving winger, a play driving, yeah. playmaking winning winger at the NHL level. Yeah. But he absolutely needs to start scanning because it'll just open up so many more possibilities for passes for him. He gets hemmed into what he sees, and that's all he sees, and that's sort of limiting his game a lot. For me, the the best thing you can do for Sofkowski, send him to the AHL, have him play the whole season there, develop his game that way, and then you see next year if he's at the right level. Yeah, there's a comment here from Sam Frieder saying, I think he goes to the AHL 30 to 40 games. If he goes down, he's staying down. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason for the Montreal Canadiens unless 
you know, he's scoring like four points a game in the American Hockey League to bring to bring him back up. Well, because if, if at, Joel Armia wasn't injured, would Slavkovsky be in the NHL right that's now? That's a it's a good question. It's a yeah, good and question. With the new, and if the new Metro zones, it'd be really expensive on him. Like like the, the monthly pass is getting expensive. I don't want him doing back and forth on the orange line. Sorry, I'm used to the jumping into French there. Hey, that's weird that I don't have to jump language to language. But yeah. uh, you know what I would I, I looked at him the first game and off the puck. Uh, and I mean, this is coming from a guy who just ordered $45 of Dairy Queen there. So it's not like I'm an athlete or anything, but, um, and no regrets, by the way, like absolutely no regrets. Of on course that. not. Yeah. Um, he's lost without the puck. He has no, absolutely no idea where to go, what to do. He, he, he doesn't run routes. He doesn't actually open up options for his defense. Like, and again, he's so raw. The talent is there, but it's quite normal for him to be lost in his own zone. So off the puck. I mean, he's completely confused. He doesn't know where to go, and it hinders his line. So mm-hmm. when Martin Saint-Louis was discussing coaching guys off the puck the other day, I, I, I'm pretty sure one of the names circled was Slavkovsky. And yep. you send him down. I don't even know if you wait till game nine. Um, I'd rather see Rafael Hervé-Pinard at this point in the NHL or somewhere along those lines. But uh, and And what I love here is that they're not going to worry about sending him down. Like, Ken Hughes doesn't give a crap what people say. Oh, you know, bust and all that. They don't, they don't care at all. Yep. They're no. going to send him down if that's the right thing to do. And uh, and in my opinion, it is the right thing to do. He he wouldn't be in the NHL right now if not for UL Armia's injury, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, what's even stranger to me is that um, they started him in the NHL to start with. I mean, you've got a plethora of wingers you can place in that position. I'm not really sure that was the best decision for him, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on him in that sense. So I don't know. Yeah, I, guess, I think it's, it's one of those things where you kind of want to let him... Like, I, I wonder if it's just because he elevated so much last year whenever he was brought to like the next level mm-hmm. if they thought putting him in the nhl he would just like you know take another huge step but yeah i i think and sam followed up here said i meant more 30 to 40 games in a row than maybe bring him back up in Fe- february the reason why they wouldn't do that is because the contract slides like the but i think it does regardless no uh not if he goes over 10 games oh really oh yeah. no but as an 18 year old that's um... As an 18-year-old, I don't. I think it slides regardless. Yeah, that's not, what I'm not, if, not if he plays rule. in the NHL. Not if he plays in the I NHL. I think if you go down before nine games and then afterwards, if you come back, I do believe it slides, but we'll have to look up the Kyle Yamamoto rule because I was looking it up for Trudeau. It doesn't work for Trudeau, but it might slide at 18. It might slide, actually. But either way, I don't know if you bring him back. Uh, we knew he was so raw. Like, this isn't the beginning for Slavkovsky. It's the beginning of the beginning. And, um, you know, send him to the AHL where he can just, but but with an order, give him lots of minutes. Like, don't, oh, yeah. like, none of this, uh, oh, he's got to learn to play our style. No, 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 no. Like, like give him all the opportunities possible. Jean-Francois, I want him to be on your first everything. First thing you think of in the morning while you're eating your breakfast is Slavkovsky. Yeah. Someone asked if we're going to do a French episode. Ça se peut, ça te pourrait très bien. Mais salut, tout, salut tout le monde, toutes les francophones dans le chat. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, somebody is saying, like, we're super wrong about Slav, and he's clearly better i I will say without the puck i think there's a difference between we're talking about offense right now i think defensively off the puck he's been all right like he's been surprising he's been gap control and he's actually used his body quite well at the blue line and he's had a really active stick he covers a lot of uh, uh, matthew's scoring chance in the first game of the year like a fantastic back check the first thing i noticed when i made my video of him uh i put out a 20 minute video on youtube uh, was how disruptive he is. Even at the legal level, he was just disrupting pucks constantly off the puck defensively. The problem is offensively, he he causes so much chaos for his teammates and it makes things really muddy for his teammates to actually get up the zone and and get pucks uh, you know, into the offensive zone with control. That's the issue. 
I think when Hadi said, uh, uh, if the puck's right there at his feet, he knows what to do. Uh, that was the best description. And that's where he looks really good. But mm-hmm. like how many, you know this, right, Andrew? How, how how many times will he have the puck on his stick in a game? Like 12 times? Oh, is, is a lot. You yeah, know, it's not a lot. 30 seconds. I, I, I know I was reading Brian Wild talking about how like, oh, you got to get him, have the stick, puck on the stick, like two minutes per game. And I was like, man, like Patrick Kane no, no, which doesn't have the puck on his stick two minutes a game. Yo, it's like 45 okay, seconds. More than 45 seconds, we're laughing here. We're absolutely oh, yeah. laughing. For so, sure. But hey, man, Laval is a really good team. And what I like with the Laval, too, is they have guys that can actually relaunch the attack. So you got like guys like Norlander and Leskinen that can actually generate and already do half the work for him. So he's exactly. not at a standstill in his own zone. This mm-hmm. is a guy who his speed isn't fantastic, but once he's in momentum, he's got good speed. So um, I think the puck retrieval in Laval will be uh, beneficial for Slavkovsky's offensive production. 100%. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll close it out there. Before we do, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, some upcoming work you have. Bill, first, Mark. Hi, uh, you can find me right here. I'm Mark. <laughs> Tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll be hosting tomorrow night, and we have a Noah Bashir that's coming on, which is really cool. She's one of my favorite people to talk to. Oh, yeah. So she's awesome. Um, after Slavkovsky scores his first two goals in the NHL, <laughs> which is going to happen tomorrow, guarantee it, uh, you can join us on Game Over. And and we're supposed to talk about the Yanni Ninema nameplate, but we didn't get to it. Oh, yeah. We'll get, we'll get to that because I don't know what I'm going to put up here. I, like, am I am I going to put up a picture of Radic Bonk in a Habs uniform? We also <laughs> wanted to crowdsource a Lyle Odeline jersey. Oh, yeah. oh yes, the the pride of Quill Lake, Lyle Odeline, the the top one of the top two players to ever come out of Quill Lake, Saskatchewan. Him and <laughs> Selmar Odeline. But by the way, I, I actually do love Lyle Odeline. And if we're gonna finish, I want to mention this now: Arbor Jackai is the modern Lyle Odeline. Like honestly, that's interesting. Like honestly, look at it. He's got a little bit. Of, and don't forget. Lyle Odeline scored a hat trick at one point there. He had a five-point game, so let's not discount him. But, like, he's a guy that will piss off the other team. He'll play very well, and he actually can hit other guys, and he has a little bit of offense. Doesn't have any, 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 well, not pride, but he's not arrogant or anything. He goes out Mm -hmm. there and he disturbs, so I love it. And in a season like we're probably going to have this year, having as many Lyle Odelines as possible, that's my third reference, as I promised, is (laughs) a very good thing for the Montreal Canadiens. So I, for one, welcome our new Jack Eye Overlord. (laughs) <laughs> all right Hattie. yeah uh so you can find me on twitter at hattie k underscore scouting uh on youtube at hattie kalakesh nhl draft scouting uh and i'm actually going to be hosting the new uh locked on nhl prospects podcast so you can find me there the socials are going to be out very soon uh, i also do work for habs eyes on the prize as their north american prospects writer and uh i work as a qmj hl scout and uh new jersey devils writer for dauber prospects yeah i do a lot of stuff okay there was the new julian <laughs> mckenzie all of a sudden like he just yeah. took up all the jobs that julian uh, left out yeah no 100 so uh i'm 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 pretty much julian's oh. uh successor so it's gonna be and great we got some monty fans there in the in the chat so we're gonna see how samuel montabo does tomorrow but you know what? that's a cool story too that's a really cool story for the montreal canadians yeah Sorry, i, I hope just the canadians give him a little okay. bit more chance I was to have done, a successful season but, they have uh, to give him more than the Harry Price treatment. Let's be perfectly oh, yeah. honest. No, that would be nice. Yeah. A little bit more support. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us here tonight. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe everywhere we have where we are. Spotify, iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel right now. Follow everybody on Twitter. Uh, their descriptions are or their Twitters are in the description for the YouTube video and for the uh whatchamacallit? The uh podcast when everything's done. Yes, I am exhausted. I've slept about six hours in the last 48, so uh, I'm out. Well, you're I'm not as tired sleep. as Jake Allen, let's be perfectly no, honest. That's so true. Yeah, there's, the, 
You're not Jake Allen tired. I'm certainly yeah. not as sore. I don't need to be in the ice bath. All right, guys. We'll <laughs> see you again. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Eh? Honestly, yeah. shout out Thanks to the so chat. Much. I Absolutely. love seeing everybody in the chat. Salut, Charlotte. Salut, Killer Tomatoes. Claire, everybody. Love you all. See you guys tomorrow night. Bye, Noel. See you tomorrow night. Noel, Bye. Noel or Noel? See Either you. way. Bye. See you all tomorrow. <laughs> Close it out.